This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. A million things to get into. Maybe the most exciting, Dave has tracked down New Orleans Saints vent line. We will debut <laughs> New Orleans Saints vent line on the show very shortly. Now launching. Mackie and Judd. We get things rolling with the opening bell. One ring to go. Steps into it. Pass is Man, you act like I, there's I, something I, I, wrong. I'm just trying to stop the tears from rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, this never happens for us. Uh, it never happens that we get lucky. Tell me about but, it. Oh my god, this is their year. I mean, you don't, they don't, that you don't make a play like that and it not be your year. It is just <laughs> their year. I cannot wait to Philadelphia. You got Nick Foles, man. It's just. Man, I'm man. Let I, the kicker made the kick. Drew Brees, they brought down and made the kick. You throw a hail mary, man. It's just I, I just feel like it's their year, man. The only play in Minnesota sports history that I can even really debate putting ahead of this in terms of the the natural high you felt as a fan. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kirby Puckett swinging the World Series in Game Six, 1991, where you're down three games to two. You might lose, you know, on your home field. Mm-hmm. And he robs the home run, or the double it would have been, and hits a home run and then sends it to a game seven. That's the feel of the I mean, that's the that's the territory we're we're treading in here. Don't you agree? Oh, most definitely. I mean, as far as being in being at a game, covering a game and seeing a moment. So I'm not talking about a game. I'm saying one single moment that that is a defining moment for the good in this town's sports history. The last time I remember anything coming close to what happened last night was Game 7, Wild Avalanche, first round 2003. You're playing a team that was favored to sweep you. You get them to seven games. You get them to OT, and Brunette scores that goal. And this to me is, is and this uh, happened again last night with Diggs' catch, you can't wrap your head around what you just saw. No matter how hard you try, you are you are employed in part to describe these scenes, right? And go to a go down to the locker room and talk to players. 
I got to the locker room last night. Well, that's, you, you were deployed to do that. Most no, people no, reacting were deployed to do that. I understand that, but, yeah. but, but, but what I'm saying is nobody, fans, media, and players, cannot quite comprehend what they saw. I got to the locker room last night, and there was not a Vikings player who could accurately really describe what, what they were going through. And you know it's special when you walk into a, a room and there are grown men just crying. Well, I think it's like we, we've talked about this a, a million times throughout the entire year. There, there are no reference points for a happy ending in franchise history. So if you're the Patriots or the New York Giants and you get the David Tyree catch or, you know, whatever Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski play wins them another Super Bowl, in the minds of those players and fans and people who cover the teams and all of the stakeholders, it's... Yep, more Tom Brady magic, right? More Boston Red Sox magic, Yankee mystique. This was Wiley Coyote finally figuring out how to use the stick of dynamite without blowing himself up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what this was. Mm-hmm. And to take what you said, so I, I, you know, the Andrew Burnett goal against uh, Patrick Waugh in the in the two thousand two or three playoffs, mm-hmm. so fifteen years ago. The reason why I think this play elevates is because this team can win a championship. Now, it's hockey and that team, but there's there's a different feeling when you're watching a team that could pay it off in the end with a championship. This play will go down not only in Vikings history, it's one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL. And if you pay it off with a championship, we can talk all about this the whole week. If you pay it off with a championship, it's going to be like the Montana to Dwight Clark catch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a play like that 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 maybe launches multiple years. Of, that's, that's the potential this play has going forward in the future. Now... I did some research. I thought the Immaculate Reception, Franco Harris, mm-hmm. I mistakenly thought on Ventline last night that that led immediately to a Super Bowl win, the first Super Bowl win for the Steelers. They actually lost to the Dolphins the week after, had to wait two years to go on their run of four Super Bowls in like six or seven years. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so there's two examples of historical plays with names, miracles. Uh, you know, you, you go from basically a loss and you drive down the field. Which category will this play fall under? It remains to be seen. The brunette goal also led led an upstart team that that you expected nothing from to a victory that you thought I cannot believe they won that game. The difference in what we saw last night is in and it doesn't do it, but it's got the potential to do it. It has the potential to purge. It has the potential to purge eighty seven and ninety eight and two thousand nine and two thousand fifteen. And you were in that stadium, or I was last night, in that stadium thinking, it's happened again. It's a, They're up 17 nothing at halftime. Forbath misses the field goal uh, late in the first half. And then you get the Keenum, the Keenum pick, which we had feared, and it, it was a terrible pass. And then you get the Quigley punt. And after the Quigley punt, you thought, there's the Viking hat trick. This is the Vikings. In a nutshell, this is, and people, I I know after the Saints kicked the field goal to take the lead late in the game, people started to leave, or some folks did. This play with Diggs, as improbable as that play was, has the potential to purge for a lot of people a lot of awful, awful uh, years of Vikings football. Steps into it, passes, That's uh, how how loud like where, where would you rank 
the the sports crowd pop that of all the arenas and stadiums you've ever been inside as a fan as a guy who covers teams is that number one in terms of an oh my god loud moment of something exciting happening Favre to Lewis was probably number one on my list, but that's a week three game in the regular season yeah, from yeah. 2009. I would I would say if you take the decibels from last night, I think you're talking 87-91 World Series type noise. And but but the coolest thing about that play was this: it went from dead silent offense operating and fans thinking this is it, they're dead. It went from that. So so ordinarily on, on a play like that, it crests the noise. This didn't. This went from zero decibels of people basically loudness. crying, crying because Dude. the team was going to lose to bang, he catches the ball. And for a second, you're thinking, get out of bounds to kick the field goal. And then when people looked and realized there's nobody there for the Saints to tackle digs, the place just went ballistic. Like, it is. I mean, so many things that that last play, so many things had to happen for that last play to even take place and then for it to result in a touchdown. I go back the most the most underrated play of the game to me was Saints driving deep, 30 seconds to go, third and like a yard and a half, already well into field goal range. If the Vikings defense which which got shredded late in the game, if the Vikings defense didn't stop the Saints on that play, they get a first down. They can then run the clock down to 1 second, kick the field goal with no time on the clock. So stopping them on third and one, yep. and then Mike Zimmer preserving his timeouts, yep. not not wasting them like Sean Payton did with challenges, having two timeouts to stop the clock when the Saints had the ball, and then having one left in his pocket with 26 seconds to go. And then for the Saints, I mean, Kyle Rudolph was just on 10 minutes ago uh, on uh, on Golik and Wingo saying, it was, it, and you watched the play, three receivers, so Kyle Rudolph underneath, and then Jarius Wright, Stephon Diggs. And then three defensive backs for the Saints covering those three routes. And one of the defensive backs chose to cover the five yard flat route that mm-hmm. that Rudolph was running underneath. Let him let bait them well, into it. I mean, and then Marcus Williams absolutely doing? dives in at first. Like Yes. What are you doing there? He'll take it if you're but, the Vikings. But but this is finally but that's the point. Think about the times that the Vikings have been on the flip side of this exact type of play. Think about the times that that they've made either a bad play or there's been a penalty not called or all of the things that, that have gone wrong. If you started to follow the Vikings in 98 when Moss was drafted, this is, if you think about it, this is the first time I believe that you've seen this play go your way. It this is, is the yeah, first time. In yes, 98, this, this it didn't. In 2009, happen. it didn't. In 2015, it didn't. No, Judd, stop. It's any Vikings fan of any age, of any age, has never seen anything like this. But that's my... If, you were, if you're the 99-year-old woman who is sitting... Millie, who is sitting in the crowd. But, but if you no, haven't seen this in the 60s, in the 70s... But, but, the, but the difference there is you... If you are that person, you've been to four title games. You've been to Super Bowls. Before I'm talking about a fan base that has been as close as you could possibly get, which you are again, and never even gotten there. I'm not even talking about winning the championship. I'm talking about Super Bowl berths and getting things to go right for you so you can even get to that game. Oh, we uh, we have Saints Vent Line as well, by the way. And we're going to do this throughout the entire show. Uh, what station did you find this from, Dave Harrigan? WWL down in the Bayou. Uh, these are what these are what uh, what Bayou tears feel and sound and uh, and look like. Who that? Who that? Who that said they gonna beat them Saints? Minnesota didn't beat us. 
uh, we beat ourselves. But what yeah. is it? Okay, and, and, and I think a lot of people agree with you. But, but what is that? How does that make you feel? That makes you feel better? Well, Marcus Williams, damn, you made a bonehead play. I wish you would not have done that. But you know what? If our coaches are the right coaches and our players are the players that they are, they're going to pick this fan up. And you know what? We're going to come back stronger next year. And we're not going to make that bonehead play. Okay. Yeah. So it, it happened. Okay. It happened. All right. You got it. It hurts me. But you know what? We got to move forward, and we got to make sure. Oh, yo, you're gotta right. We got we got to move forward. But tonight and the night to move forward. Tonight's the night to no, win no, and frustrate and let everybody get all this off their chest before well, they go to work tomorrow. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're gonna beat them saints? <laughs> oh my god! Who that? Who that? Who that said they're gonna beat them saints? Laurel in Minnesota. Yeah. Laurel, thank you for calling. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to try and complain about like going at. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Vikings fan. I watched the game up here from Minnesota, and I'll be honest with you. I was 17 nothing at halftime. I didn't think you guys had it in you, but to see you guys, see the way you guys battled back and literally drove us to the point where we thought we were dead. Literally, but because, you know, Laurel, because Laurel, let me tell you, as good as the Vikings are on defense, the Saints are that good on offense. So yeah, even though they had a 17 to 0 lead, yeah. games I've ever witnessed in my life. Who that? Who that? Who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Was that Randy and kind of to go? I am Laurel. I am I am Laurel. That was very Packer vet line like <laughs> oh is what that my was. Oh god. Uh we had we had we had fans crying on Vikings vet line last night. We went an hour and 40 minutes thanks to Red Cow and Red Rabbit without taking a commercial. And the first wave of calls was just uh, mostly people crying. How's it going? I'm... Oh, my God. <laughs> What's oh wrong? My... What's wrong, man? You act I, like there's I, something I, wrong. I'm just trying to stop the tears from rolling down my cheeks. <laughs> I'm... Uh... This never happens for us. Uh... It never happens that we get lucky. Tell me about but, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's Jeff. Jeff in Minneapolis. I let's, can't blame him. Let's come back. Uh, Kevin Seifert's going to join in about 20 minutes from now for some context. Courtney Cronin mm-hmm. was also uh, covering that game yesterday for ESPN.com. The superstar Mike Morris will be in here from, from noon to one. He was driving around in the snowstorm yesterday, uh, coming in for Ventline and then going over for Fox 9 at night. So all kinds of more reaction. And we can keep the phone lines open throughout the entire show. If you guys have thoughts, did you cry? Did you cry? And it's okay if you cried. It's absolutely okay if you cried. Don't be embarrassed by 651-646-8255, it. 651-646-8255-1500. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Back, back. On 1500 ESPN. Steps into it. Passes. Wow. It's a heck of a game, wasn't it? Um, and the good guys won. Is it that this is the Viking fan? Like this is this happened for it's us, very surreal for this fan base. It's very surreal. I can't get my head. I mean, we're so we're so used to playing sound bites like that from Boston, let's say, 
or sound bites like that from maybe Chicago. From anywhere. San Francisco. Like, I can't get my head around the play still, and I can't get my head around the fact that that play went for the Vikings. Let's let's go around the room real quick, and then we're going to get to Mike and Joe and Jerry and Don. We basically have full phone lines right now. We want to hear everyone's reaction. It was such a where-were-you sports moment. Uh, I mean, I have a, a list off the top of my head that includes a couple regular season games. If you're a Minnesota sports fan, your list of where were you great playoff moments is pretty thin. <laughs> it's the it's the Twins World Series, yes, and you know maybe a Vikings game here or there, but maybe that '97 game where they scored like ten points at the end of regulation in the Meadowlands. Yep, the comeback but, for his first. Yeah, but Dave was at the X. So what was we were all in very different spots. So let's go around the room here. I picked up my dad to go to the wild game at halftime. It's a short drive from their house, and we made it inside just after the third quarter started. The entire drive, even with the Vikings up 17 nothing, this guy who's in his early 60s is still freaking out. You know, the field goal was just missed. Oh, you can't leave, can't leave points on the field like that. You can't get – Breeze is too good. This is – oh, it's going to be horrible. His instincts were absolutely correct, by the way. Yeah, oh, it was. I mean, yeah, and the entire third quarter until the very end of the third quarter, the Vikings are still up 17-0, but he's still freaking out because he knows something is going to go wrong. Yeah. And, he, and I'm just trying to, you know, calm down. It's, you know, it's fine. You know, great defense here. They've been fantastic. But then people around us start picking up, and then they're talking. They're talking about all the horrible things that have happened to the Vikings, and you know, you get towards the end of the game, and Fox shows the uh, montage of field goals gone wrong yes. in Vikings history. And at this point, there's a few hundred people surrounding us in the concourse, right at the main entrance, and they flash that up on the screen and bleep you, no bleep, bleep, and bleep, oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kai Forbath trots out to make the go-ahead field goal with a minute and a half to go. The second they show, and once people realize it's fourth and whatever, and here comes Kai for, was it 49 yards? Yeah, that was 53. 53, that's 53. right. Yeah, 53. 49 was the earlier one that he had to make twice because Sean Payton <laughs> that's right. challenged. He trots out for the 53, and it's the same reaction. Oh, no! God, no! It's yep. going to happen again! Yep. And then he kicks it through. But it doesn't count because Peyton has challenged the play, and he did it right before the snap. Bleep you, Peyton! That's dirty! And then he kicks it through again, and place is going bonkers. And then it goes back the other way, and people are losing their minds because the Saints just went ahead with 30 seconds left. And by the time the final play happened, I kid you not, the Canadian anthem was being played inside the arena. And no one's in their seats. <laughs> no one gives a bleep about the hockey the game that's about them. to start. Because that place was, I mean, it was unreal. I've never been mm-hmm. in an environment quite like that with people literally falling down, collapsing, whether they, you know, people jumping and screaming and collapsing in tears and oh, it was it was ridiculous. Amazing. So did, did Sid Hartman make it through last night in the press box? What? Yeah, no, Sid what? was in great shape. Who was the I most ex- excited uh, media oh, member? Uh, we had, actually, uh, to the right of where Collar and I sit, we had we people from the Saints. Oh, no. And there was oh, one my. play where all of a sudden I Wait, heard from this. From the actual team? or yeah, the no, the team. Okay. Not, yeah, so. Like so, scouts and stuff? Not the reporters. I think it was, I don't know if it was scouts or if it was PR people or executives. But anyway, at one point in time, something went wrong in the second half, and I just heard this. Cl- and somebody had like taken a chair or something and just thrown it. And they, because <laughs> these guys aren't, it's not, it's the professional decorum only goes so far there. 
But one thing I love about being at a sporting event like that, and, and I've always found this to be so intriguing, is the ebb and flow of, of the in-stadium experience. And so that second half, the first half, as a if you're a Vikings fan, it was great. If you're a football fan, it was like, okay, the Vikings are playing really well, but this isn't much of a game, and Breeze isn't doing much at this point. But the second half, that stadium was on such a roller coaster the entire time. And when you're going back and forth, and it was funny when the Saints kicked the late field goal to take the lead to see people start to start to leave because you could tell they just couldn't take it. Like, they were fried. And at one point— How do you walk out at that point, and I 26 think, seconds, a timeout, and you only need about fact, 35 yards. Wait, I, I would love to hear so, someone call up who left because I can empathize with them because you've seen this so many times and you're just sick to your stomach. Now, I couldn't leave personally, but I sort of get it. Um, but I was I was writing down notes late in the game, and I looked at my hand, and I noticed it was just shaking, like just the tension of that game. And it wasn't the coffee shakes. No, my nerves are just fried. My hand was shaking, <laughs> and and I was I was sitting there thinking, this is what this is what makes sports incredible. Like this is we sit through all of these games, and we watch all of these July baseball games yeah. and Vikings games in November, for instance. And there's times you think, why do I do this? And then there's a game like last night, and you're like, this is exactly yeah. why I do it. I had a lot of uncomfortable hugs from people I had never met before. Yeah, Everyone is, was oh, hugging you everybody. Hated it. it was incredible. Oh, I bet you hated it. A little it's bit. It's one yeah. of the only the only circumstances in your life that you would hug a stranger. <laughs> but we, so I, and I was watching in studio with, we had a bunch of people running around helping out with production and people from other stations here, KS95 and my talk. And so at one point we had like eight people and we take air right when the game is over. So as as the Vikings are trying to push the ball down the field, there's 10 seconds left. There's like eight people kind of in, in the studio here. And Star and I had to say, hey, I, we don't mean to be buzzkills here, but can you guys watch on a different TV? Because if they, regardless of what happens here, and especially if, if they kick a game-winning field goal or something, we have to go right on the air. So we just, but, but we wound up. We hit the airwaves and watching it with a guy who went through the 98 experience was, you know, directly involved in that game and who's been around this team for 20 plus years and looking at the shock and and this the blank stare and then just like the nonstop giggling, I think. I mean, people were just laughing. People were calling into Ventline. Yes. Just laughing uncontrollably. And hanging up in some cases. It so makes perfect sense. It was. Uh, let's go to the phone lines here. Let's get some reactions. We'd love to sprinkle in. Where were you? What were your thoughts? How did you take it in? 651-646-8255. Mike, you're on the show. Good morning. Hey, guys. Uh, Dave Dave kind of stole my thunder. I'm a beer vendor, and I, I worked the Viking games the first half, and I left to get to work the, the wild game. And I was on the other side of the concourse, and actually, the American National Anthem started right when the play happened. It was the loudest I've heard the XL with not as many people as a normal game, and they drowned out the whole anthem. You couldn't hear the guy singing. It was that that loud in there, and it, it made my night because everybody was happy. They were buying beers, and they were they were. It was oh, a wonderful that, thing. Yeah. So. It was, it was a good day. Awesome. So. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Mike. Let's get, we're, we're full right now, so let's just roll through some of these. Joe, you're on the show. Hey, I'm a bartender at the U.S. Bank Stadium in the Upper Ring, and wow. I could not believe the tension. When they, yep. you could just tell, everybody's jovial, 17 rip at half, halftime, everybody's just having a ball. You could tell, it's like a, it's like a rope getting tighter around your neck. 
and it just keeps squeezing. And you can tell the tension on people. We're just psychotic. And then the Saints take the lead, and people are exiting. I'm standing there watching these guys, and I'm like, oh, you're going to hate yourself if they come back? And you know what I mean? And then here's the who dat chant from all these Saints fans. They're jumping around like they're going nuts. And then it all, you know, all just. And when they, when they won that thing, I have never seen the faces on the fans look like that. It, it's like they ran a marathon. You were saying how, how like, just tired people were. And you could tell in their face. They were happy, but they were just, like, drained. Because they were just like, oh, my God, this doesn't happen to Vikings. No. You know? No. In and fact, they were right. I've never seen it. It, they just seemed so exhausted. Like, they were. Dude, it's I was oh, exhausted. It, I covered it. Because it wasn't, Joe, it wasn't just exhaustion from the game and the swings in the no. game. It's exhaustion from decades of being a well, fan of this team. And, and it, Oh, you're so right. Because I'm 50 years old. And how many times have you just, you know, they always go in the ditch in a playoffs. And you're just, here we go, you know. And that's an entire... Entire week of and th- that's an entire week of buildup of knowing that that was going to happen, and then sure, sure enough, it did too. And, and then wh- when we got the field goal to take the lead with what a minute and a half left, you could mm-hmm. still tra- you could still see. I mean, it was jovial for like ten seconds, but then it kicked back in where it's like, oh no, there's a minute and a half left, and they're going to screw this up. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they did, but they redeemed themselves. <laughs> yes, I know it, and then. So it's just funny, and everybody who's around us, all the bartenders are standing there, and it's like, you have no idea how happy I am that Philadelphia won. Because now I actually get to stay home and watch <laughs> Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? As a bartender, I got a TV above my head, but it's always the late reaction, because I can't really watch the game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's Dude. why we're all bitter. We're like going, you wait. We finally get a Super Bowl at home, and the Vikes are going to be in it. And now I've waited 50 years, and I can't watch a Vikes in a Super Bowl, you know? <laughs> It's good and bad. I get to go to the Super Bowl, but I got to work it. You know what, though, Joe? It's going to be, I mean, even from your vantage point, it's going to be an experience. You're going to tell people about it. I mean, whether whether they get there or not, even if you didn't get to watch the whole game, the fact that you were there and you got to watch those reactions from your perspective, that's a really cool thing to carry with you. Right. Everybody at work, it's just, I got to work this morning and everybody's just drilling me about, oh, you know, what was it? You know what I mean? And I'm like, that is cool. You get to be there, but. Yeah, yes. and if the Vikes do make the Super Bowl, oh, God, well, I don't know what's going to happen then. Exactly. Then Joe, thank you for the phone call, <laughs> man. You, Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, let's see here. We've got – this is – if we don't get to your call in this segment because we're going to get to Kevin Seifert, stay on. We will get to your call. We'd love to hear just reaction from all angles. Jerry, you're on with Mackie and Judd. Jerry, I'm the guy who's uh, taken his son to three Vikings playoff games, and we've watched – Three missed field goals to the left. Jerry. Finally, Jerry. Jerry. And this year, and it, we still won. So the jinx is, is broken for me and my son. It so, is. Did you stay till the end, Jerry? I, I, I tell you, I was the most nervous on the last field goal because I was like, "This is he's going to miss it. And we've <laughs> seen all three of these. And he made it. And I, I, I was more dumbfounded when he made that field goal than I think when they won the game. I was like, I can't believe this. So uh, we stayed. Uh, my my uh, my daughter and son-in-law were at the game. They left after the the uh, uh, the, the field goal because they got three kids at home. They figured they'd have to win, and they were just fine with the fact they didn't get to see the end of the game. <laughs> so wow. it was. Uh, um, I I we interested in how this ranks in all-time Minnesota sports plays or uh, 
activity. So yeah, it's Jerry. Hey, the curse is over for you. We appreciate you calling in, and uh, I'm, I'm feeling good about life, Matt. Guys, you should awesome. be awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, Jerry. Let's take uh, let's take another one here before we get to Kevin C for Mark. Mark, what's going on? Hey, how's it going out there? Great, man. I think you can still peel us off the ceiling from uh, 14 hours ago. I have been uh, so I'm calling from Ho Chi Minh City in uh, Vietnam. Wow, very cool. What time is up, it there right now? Right now it's uh, exactly 12 hours ahead. I believe it's 10:30 uh, p.m. here. All right. So I had to I had to wake up at 4 a.m. and I had to go to the the one bar I could find on Facebook that said they were showing American football at literally 4:30 in the morning, <laughs> and uh, made my way over there. Um, plot down, there's blaring dance music. This is one of the neighborhoods, backpacker neighborhood. You know, this is this is the place that stays open and crazy until six in the morning every day. So we go sit down at this sports bar, and they're still blaring this crazy music. And uh, the game starts, and I see a Bridgewater jersey across the bar that I wasn't expecting. I go over and talk to that guy. It turns out he's from Detroit Lake. He's Vietnamese American. He's at a wedding. He found the bar. He came out. Then when the game starts, start hearing a couple claps around us. Turns out this other guy's from Chaska. Turns out this other guy's from Hopkins. Wow, dude. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, so we're watching the game. We're having a great time. They turn the sound of the game on in the fourth quarter. It's just up and down. It was, it was just insanity. And then uh, uh, the, 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 the guy that I was with that I mentioned, I saw the Bridgewater jersey. He said, I can't take this anymore. He was, we were at 24 seconds. And he said, I, I can't take this anymore. I'm, I'm leaving, guys. I'll see you later. No. And we're, we're, yeah, we're like, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Just, just watch the end, dude. There's, there's always a little tiny, tiny sliver of hope. Stay. Hope with us. And he bounced. And he, as, he, as he walked out the door, he said, this might bring us some good luck. And he walked out. And Diggs caught the pass. Wow. And in the end <laughs> This isn't this is an unsolved mysteries episode. We need to track the Bridgewater jersey guy down in Vietnam. We need to track him down, Mark. He has he has my card. If he gets in touch with me, I'll I'll, I'll have him call in. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, great yeah. story. Thank you for calling in, Mark. We appreciate you sharing it, man. Have a good time, guys. Thanks, Listen Mark. To you all the way over here. Awesome. And appreciate that. It was definitely a good morning in Vietnam. Yes, it was. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes. Very good. Man. All right. Let's 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 come back. Uh, Kevin Seifert is so great at putting stuff like this into context. So let's bring him into the mix. And if you're on hold right now or if you want to call in, we're just going to keep the phone lines open throughout the entire show, even though we have a few guests to mix in. Courtney Cronin later on, but Kevin Seifert. Vikings improbably moving on. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. So behind that peaceful countenance, there's, 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 uh, they're up to no good. Not huh? only they're peaceful, Patrick, but they're really, really stupid. Uh, there was <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Andrew steps into it. Pass is caught. Diggs! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! Vikings win it! Wow. Uh, Kevin Seifert, ESPN.com, 
You're always really good at putting things into context or adding seasoning to, to moments. And I mean, this is a, a, a pretty unique one, not only in, in the history of the Vikings, Kevin, but this is unique in the history of the NFL. It's never happened before. A walk-off fourth-quarter touchdown. Yeah, and that uh, that definitely tells you. But anytime you um, see something that has never happened before, period, end of story, you know you've just uh, you know you've just witnessed history. And I and I was talking to somebody last night as we were walking back up from the uh, the locker room up to the press box to try to figure out how to put it all together. Is that uh, whether it's the Vikings or the NFL or just sports, you know, there every every single day is a day that you can witness something that you never even conceived was possible. Uh, when you woke up that morning, and that's uh, and that's the beauty of what we're all uh, watching and and working in and doing and and enjoying is uh, is a play like uh, what happened last night. Saints uh, take a, a one point lead on the field goal, Kevin. Twenty five seconds left. Vikings get the ball. Uh, at that moment, what is going through your mind as far as the uh, improbability of, of the Vikings driving down down the field and uh, scoring? Well, I, I remember not totally ruling it out because. You know, I'd kind of lost track of timeouts, and, and, and then when the Vikings were able to call enough timeouts to save time, just knowing, A, how this game has gone, you know, it's almost like the last, you know, it was feeling like the last team to have the ball might win. And, and B, the, and it's something we've talked about a lot, is how aggressive Case Keenum is in pushing the ball down the field. You know, that he was not going to, I was pretty confident he was not going to dink and dunk it uh, three or four times and then have the, the time expire while they're on the 37 yard line or something. He was going to, as he told everybody uh, in the, in the huddle during that play, he was going to give somebody a chance. So I weirdly felt like, you know, all was not lost, you know, totally knowing the Vikings history and knowing the, you know, the, the win probability was not high. I think it was uh, uh 2.7% at that point, which is still higher than you would think, but you would think it was zero, but, um, I remember thinking that, that they had the kind of season they've had and the kind of quarterback they had, um, the way he his mentality is in terms of playing and getting down the field, that they had more than a uh, a long shot chance. You know, one of the we're, we're going to, I'm sure, dissect as we go forward Vikings and Eagles and you know, the Vikings. De- it, it wound up being Kai Forbath that bailed out the Vikings defense for a minute and then. And then the Vikings defense couldn't hang on again, and so then it was Case Keenum and Stefan Diggs that bailed them out. But I don't, I know a lot of people are going to say, man, is, should you be concerned? You know, the defense was kind of leaky. That's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever step yeah. foot on a football field, and you're just not, even when it was 17 to nothing, you just, the, the game wasn't going to hold up that way. You're, you're going to have to throw some haymakers in a heavyweight fight, and the Vikings wound up throwing the last one, Kevin. Yeah, to think that they were just the Saints and especially Drew Brees were, <clears throat> excuse me, were just going to not only just like curl up in a ball and stop playing, but that they weren't going to make any adjustments and if they wouldn't find anything that would work the entire game, you know that. I guess it was possible knowing how well the Vikings defense was played, but you know you 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 were safe to assume that there were some more punches uh, ready to be thrown, and you know it, it kind of coincided with you know Sandejo gets the concussion, um, Vikings. Uh, understandably kind of lose their mind at that point, um, given how the, the play occurred and, and what it meant. I think Xavier Rhodes was a little bit out of sorts there for a little while, and then he got hurt, and so that added to the, you know, it, it, you'd like to say you got backups and everybody knows what they have to do, but in that situation and that much pressure, obviously any lineup change can have a big uh to have a big difference. So there was that to consider as well. How, do, how hard is it for, uh, 
for you, and I know you're not a fan, but just the fact that you've seen so much here. I mean, you've yeah. seen the Arizona game, the meltdown there, going back to that, uh, 2009, 2015. The one thing that I'm struggling uh, to comprehend today is the fact that, that this happened for the Vikings in a good way. I mean, yeah. we've just... We've seen so much through the years that you're so conditioned to something's going to go wrong that that I'm struggling today to sit here and think to myself, it didn't go wrong. And in fact, in that last play, everything went right. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people were just assuming that Ed, in the best-case scenario, that they were going to get in field goal range and Forbath would miss, even though he's been pretty lights out on uh, for most of the season, uh, as long as it wasn't an extra point. And so, um, yeah, I... I I totally get that, and I think that kind of speaks to, and I know this has kind of become a cliche, but um, all of the videos that are that are kind of circulating around the Internet, I think you guys played a little bit of, of what you could um, in the beginning there, was it just speaks to the release of emotion from, from fans who have been, uh, who have been with it uh, for a long time and, and have grown understandably conditioned to expect the worst. And I think there was some people in the locker room who, you know, understood that as well, and and certainly people who who've been working for the franchise for a long time, and and just to see that, you know, obviously, no matter what team you are, that that's a very unlikely uh, ending. But just to see sort of the release of emotion from people, whether it was in the stadium or on the field or uh, in the um, in the uh, in their living room, and these videos that were posted, I, I think it really speaks to that. Is that how ingrained everyone was, and I and I stood there, and I think I, I went back and looked at my uh, Twitter feed just to make sure that I hadn't put anything really stupid out there <laughs> in those five minutes. And I think the first thing I put it was just my mouth was agape, and I really was. I was standing up, you know, planning to go back down exactly in the same situation I was in. The, to be honest with you, in the Arizona Vikings game in 2004, when I was standing up, ready to go down to the to the uh, locker room to write a story that seemed pretty clear about what it was going to be, and I was thinking about how I was going to write about how the Vikings had blown this one. And then, uh, and then the 04, it was about how the Vikings had finally made the playoffs or 03, how they finally won the division after all, uh, this rebuild that they had been involved in. And then at the very last moment, as you're taking that step away to go downstairs, you see this incredible historic play that happened. So literally my mouth was agape. Uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to say, I'm not, we all talk about how we're not Vikings fans and we can't be Vikings fans to do this job right, but I'm not ashamed to say I really enjoyed it. I mean, if you can't enjoy that, you know, whether you're a fan or not, if you can't enjoy what happened, I understand Saints fans might not, but if you can't enjoy what happened, then, then you're in the wrong business. Go do something else. I mean, that everyone should have enjoyed that unless, uh, I guess, if you were a Saints fan. Yeah. Do, do you think Kevin Seifert, ESPN, uh, ESPN.com, do you think this is the type of play, off the top of the show, we, we put it in that same category as Joe Montana to Dwight Clark that, oh, yeah. that wound up leading to a San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl for the first time, and then they went and then they took it from there and, ma- and made a dynasty out of it. Now, the Immaculate Reception didn't lead directly to a Super Bowl title for the Steelers, but it, but it led to lengthy playoff success, and then two years later they won their first of four Super Bowls. It, it feels like it could be that type of play if they finish the job in three weeks? It should. You know, the, uh, you know, the plays become historic for different reasons. And the Immaculate Reception was just how unlikely that he was going to be able to catch that ball and that no, and that the direction it came and all the ricocheting and then how nobody really saw it live, what was happening until he was running. Um, that, that stood out for that reason. Um, I mean, we're still talking about the Drew Pearson play. Um, 
uh, you know, and that was what, well, as Stefan Diggs said when he was still swimming, and and one of our guys, uh, Todd Archer, uh, talked to Pearson today, and the quote he has is, it's for life, man. You know, it's Stefan Diggs, you know, no matter what he else, and Case Keenum, whatever else they do in their lives, and hopefully there's, they have a lot of success, uh, they'll be remembered for this. This is something that will always, in a positive way, be attached to them no matter what else happens. And, uh, and that was Drew Pearson's take, having been through it himself with the Hail Mary in 75. And he said people still talk to him about it um, to this day. Uh, and, and I think that speaks to where it's going to be. This play will be in the annals of NFL and sports history, is that when Stefan Diggs, 30 years from now, when someone mentions his name, that's the play you'll probably end up thinking about. I think the fun thing, too, is this. This is this is a likable group. I mean, we, we've all covered teams where you're like, well, there might be a good guy or a few good guys, but there's a lot of guys I don't like. This is a, a <laughs> likable group, and when you that go... Should be, that should be the quote bubble above you, Judd. There's a lot of guys I don't like. There are, but when I go in a locker room, <laughs> when, I go, when you go in a locker room and guys are openly crying... That's yeah. really cool. I, yeah. I because yeah. because everybody uh, from us to the players was look was looking around like, did that really happen? Yeah, yeah. And I talked. I think I talked to Joe Berger afterwards, and and he obviously, um, for any, I don't know him that well, but he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who's going to start crying at a Disney movie or anything like that. And he was, you know, he he said I don't get emotional that often, but I, I started crying, and, and and you just think about like your entire life and and the amount of work you put into having a chance to be on the field for a play like that and just hoping and dreaming uh, that you could actually experience it and wondering what it would be like. And it was everything he had imagined and more. Um, you know, Case Keenum was talking about, like, and again, maybe a cliche, but we've all probably been there. It's, this is what you, when you're when you're 10 years old and you're playing in the backyard, you, you make up the scenario as, you know, playoff game, fourth, you know, third down, 30 seconds left, you're going up against one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and and here's your chance to feel what it's like to to make a uh, you know transcendent play and it it brought up the emotions and even the most hardened people i think uh in that locker room uh because of 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 their recognition of how rare it is that someone gets to experience something like that firsthand yeah kevin great stuff we always love your your context and your your outlook on everything and uh, we're on schedule to do it again after another Vikings playoff game next week. We'll see what happens. On to Philadelphia. Exactly. Thank you, Kevin. Okay, guys. Talk to you. Kevin Seifert from ESPN.com. Oh, man. let's. We've had people on hold. We can open up the phone lines again. Uh, where does this rank among great Minnesota sports moments? Somebody with a great email with, with a reason for why this should be above the Kirby Puckett Homer game six. Okay. And I, I think I agree. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's reason to put this as the number one Minnesota sports moment in history, even though it wasn't in a championship game. I was but say okay, uh, but all right, we'll we'll get to all of that. Also, Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com covers the Vikings. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. It can actually be a little exciting on 1500 ESPN. Join 1500 ESPN at Menards in Brooklyn Park this Friday. The 1500 ESPN promo team will be there from four to six. With a chance to win plenty of station prizes. More details, 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. I still don't know what just happened. <laughs> I really don't. Yes. All I can say is, give it to God. Because without him, nothing, nothing is possible. And I wouldn't be here, so damn, that feel good. Everson Griffin. 
with Josina Anderson. That was Stefan Diggs. Oh, I'm sorry, Stefan Diggs. I love the second part of that. Damn, that bleep felt good. That was amazing. Uh, A Twitter exchange late last night around midnight. So Patrick Peterson, cornerback for the shutdown cornerback for the Cardinals, during the game, he tweeted, they testing the wrong guy, hashtag roads closed. Uh-huh. Must have been early in the game. Uh-huh. So after the game's over, Michael Thomas, who had a big game, not all of it against Xavier Rhodes. Vikings played some zone. and Yeah, Waynes was on him a few times. Yep, and Michael Thomas retweeted that and said, you a damn lie with the crying emojis, like the laughing crying emojis, right. meaning roads closed is a damn lie. Xavier Rhodes jumps in at midnight to both of these guys. Laugh out loud, three for eight with 46 yards. Oh, and let's not forget that, in quotes, game-winning touchdown. Yeah, but hope you had a nice flight home. Hashtag on to the next. Uh, Xavier wins. He's going to win that battle. Oh, that's hilarious. And then hashtag roads closed. Yeah. Should we take some more phone calls here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, 651-646-8255. We love your reactions. We got an email from someone who bailed on the game. We'd love to hear from those of you who mistakenly did that. Don. Welcome to the show. What a great day, guys. What a great day. <laughs> you know, um, for me, I cried like baby last night. And, and I was in, obviously with cheers, but for also other reasons, too. In uh, 98, when the NFC Championship game happened, I had a family member, um, to me, uh, suffered a coma that day. And then in 2009, uh, we suffered another uh, family issue the same day of the NFC Championship game. So for me, on a personal level, this really did exercise a lot of demons for me because I was just waiting for something really bad to happen when this game happened. And, um, you know, and, and Judd will, will recognize this as well. The 2003 Red Sox had to go through the adversity, down 3-0 against the Yankees, came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cubs, you know, 3-1 against the Indians, and all those jinxes and curses and such came back. The city of Cleveland, Cavs, down 3-1, came back. Even Houston, I like share with that. Every team who had like the curse had had to battle adversity one way or the other, and it sure feels like the Vikings' time right now. Yeah, and then Don, you get that one play. The you're talking about that Red Sox team down three games to none to the Yankees, or the t- you, you get the one big play, and maybe there's some luck involved, and all of a sudden it's like this freeing feeling for some of those teams. Absolutely. So to me, but I I still feel though it's. It's Super Bowl or bust, though. Like, this is a great film. This is amazing. But if this wants to be the number one play in in Minnesota sports history, the Vikings have to win the Super Bowl to do it. You see, I I feel I feel like at this point, if they make the game, that's that's the, the huge step. I really feel like if I they disagree, man. if they lose if they lose on Sunday, now this is still a great play and it was fun. But it goes for not a little bit more. But I think yep. if I think if Don, I think if this team, it's been so long. If this team makes the game, we're going to to recall that this run fondly. I think as as opposed to the so so many other runs where there was something that was uh, catastrophic at the end. Well, for us to get there, case by we playing better, and that defense better show up in sixty minutes. Then so until then, they gotta. You know, I'm hoping they do it. I really do, and and I think it's. I think it's doable. It's always doable. You know, it's not like the Eagles offense is, is anything stellar. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe the Vikings defense scores two touchdowns or something. So I, I like our chances Sunday. So anyway, uh, 
Thanks, guys, for having me on. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. I mean, enjoy we, the we day. Can, we can. We'll take another call here, but we can. De- we can debate this all week. I said before the Saints game, go win the Super Bowl. It's Super yeah. Bowl or bust for me. Now that you beat the Saints in that fashion, there's no reason you can't put that expectation on. There's two games left. Uh, Kelly, you're on with Mackie and Judd. What's up, guys? I'm from Hibbing originally, but I live in North Carolina now. And uh, I had the kids over last night. They had company, so I couldn't go anywhere to watch a game. I don't have cable. I had to track it on my cell phone, <laughs> and I ended up FaceTiming my brother back in Minnesota for the last couple of minutes of the game, and... I was freaking out, jumping up and down. The kids are coming into the bedroom. What's going on? <laughs> Kelly, was this you? Get Get <laughs> I think that was you, uh, right? I was a little higher pitched than that. Oh, he was the, the shrieking noise at the end of the soundbite then. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, though, man. Yeah, that is. Thank you for the phone call. We appreciate uh, it. Let's, let's go one more here. John's been on hold for like a half hour. John, go ahead. Hey guys, how are you? Good. We're, this is fun, John. We're having a good time. What about you? I'm good. Hey, uh, I don't know. There's, I have two things. I don't know if you saw the tweet. Um, the guy goes, uh, "Yeah, and you know who he was trying to tackle? Monte Tao's girlfriend." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one. That's pretty good. Oh, that's, that's genius. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's hilarious. Uh, my other, I guess, my point was. You know, not to not to make not to make anything, you know, bring anybody down, but I'm I was watching that and talking with an ex college football player and he's like, If that's Moss, Moss gets laid out out of bounds, he doesn't catch the football. Because the, after that uh safety all the safety rules now, you know, they can't hit. So there's a there's a difference. I kinda feel bad for um what's his face? Williams. Mar- Marcus Williams, yeah. Yeah, because he can't hit him. Well, but but there's so many other things you could do. But he, I, he could have he could have he could have stood behind him while he caught it and just wrapped him. Yes, push ba- him backwards, and the clock keeps moving, yes. and the game's over. Exactly. Yeah. If you if he pushes him backwards out of bounds, he, the clock keeps moving. His decision was the worst possible one he could have made. There's no doubt Which about is it. Kamikaze. Yeah, it was John. Thanks for chiming in, man. We you, it's, a, it's a good. Yeah. It's let's talk more about just the mechanics of the way the last play went down. What Case Keenum said in the locker room after the game, Jub was down there for all of the postgame stuff, and more of your reaction as well. Where does this rank historically among great Minnesota sports moments? 651-646-8255. It's Mackie and Judd.